0: Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship. Welcome back to Woke and Wired, the only podcast. Is that true? I don't know if that's true, but I think it's intentionally the only podcast I at least have found where we talk about conscious entrepreneurship, social media personal development, and spiritual path, all in one place. Welcome back. My name is Ksenia. I am a storyteller, a public speaker, a social media coach, founder of Breakfast Criminals and Crystal Criminals, and many other social media accounts that you may or may not know about. But this episode is not about me and all the different things that I do. It's about my guest, Arana Leah. She is an emotional health advocate, speaker, author, yoga and ritual wellness teacher, and author and co-creator of The Deck, my favorite oracle card that comes in a gorgeous wooden box. And in this part two of my interview with Arana, we talk about business, business side of running uh, really a ritual and emotional health and spiritual-based business, and so many other things. If you are inspired by any part of this Glimpse into how Arana makes it all work and stays vulnerable and courageous and woke. Then definitely go back and listen to part one of this interview. Thank you for being here. And I can't wait to see what you're getting away from this. Take a screenshot of you listen to this podcast and share it on Instagram and tag at woke and wired. And I'll be re-sharing everything and I'll be sending you lots of heart emojis and thank yous and yays. I noticed actually today as I was going through my DMs on all my accounts, pretty much to 95% of them, my response is yay, exclamation point. I guess it's good. I'm excited about what I do and I love what I do. And there's some really cool stuff coming up over on our Crystal Criminals account on Instagram. If you're into crystals, if you're into airplanes, if you're looking for holiday gifts check it out. And of course, another holiday gift is the Heart Bowl, myheartbowl.com, which is a symbol of self-love and nourishment. And of course, the Moon Deck. If you're looking for a gift for yourself or someone else to really step up those self-love rituals, get them both the Moon Deck and a Heart Bowl because they're going to be moved by it and they're going to support two women-run businesses. Anyway, that's it for my holiday spiel. It was not scripted. I'm totally off the script right now. But what I do want to say is I appreciate you being here and getting messages from you and seeing your reviews and seeing people are listening to this and putting things that you hear into action is why I do what I do. So thank you for reminding me why the hell I'm on this earth in this human body. I appreciate you. Hopefully, I'll see you on Instagram, and if not, you'll hear me here in a week. An episode drops every Thursday, and today's an exception because we have two episodes because I was just too excited not to share all of this wisdom. Have an awesome week, and enjoy this episode. Let's switch to business. You know, it's one thing to move through our own personal journeys, but it's a whole other world to take it and make it your work. And make it a business and charge people money for it so what has the journey been on taking your own personal teachings and creating the moon deck how did that come about
1: the moon deck i had been wanting to do a deck for a long time i've worked with cards for a long time and they were always something for me personally that really helped to foster my own healing it was some, i'm a very visual experiential person learner and so it was taking these big ideas or or you know, a perspective, and encapsulating it on a card with a single image and sentence. And that was something my brain can handle. <laughs> and I I can, I can like be in my head a lot overthink there's a lot my, my mind is like my mind moves very quickly. So it was something that helped me to just slow down and have deeper healing and reconnect me to my intuition or to my, you know, spiritual guidance in my life or to remind me that I had the power to make a choice. So because they were so impactful for me, I started using them in my yoga classes. And I used to do a big event a long time ago called yoga soundscape where there was, it was like started in 2008, Where there's live music and yoga. And I used to paint Words on paper, and I would hand those out to people, and they're like, "That was exactly what I needed." And then that got a bit labor intensive, so I just started color copying them, and then I just started buying decks and and passing those out. And I think I even reached out to a couple companies. I was like, "Will you sponsor me? I'm handing this out to my students all the time," and got no response. Oh wow! So I, yeah, I mean, it was like a very you know, I just sent one email. I didn't really go for it that hard, but. I just, I was using them and I was hearing from people a similar impact a year later that I still have that card on my desk. It helped me so much, you know, or the next week when they come to class, like these are really helping me. So I knew I wanted to do my own and actually wrote a journal entry that I found in my research when I was writing the deck. because so I went through a lot of old journals to corral all the information for the deck and then, you know, would do some research online when I was stuck or whatever. And I found a, journal entry in one of my journals that said in 2010, that said I wanted to do a deck. And I even like laid out who I might want to work with. And Andy was actually one of my top choices as an illustrator. We were friends back then. We're much, much closer now, but we're definitely friends back then. So yeah, that was a 2010 journal entry. And it was 2014. By the time I actually approached Andy and asked her, if she wanted to do the deck. And when I originally envisioned it I had no idea it would be so feminine or the moon deck or so ritual based I just knew I wanted to do a deck and I think I even had an intern back then like I used to be more active on Twitter she would like go through and categorize all my one-liners and so I did go back
0: yeah pulled from Twitter I love that Yeah, I used to like just do these
1: little one liners. So I think the deck in a lot of ways is like a culmination. I, I've i taught yoga for 16 years. I was a holistic health counselor for many years. I've, as I've mentioned, have traveled through my own healing. I did a lot of ceremony work, young sweat lodges. My mom's part Native American, and she has a very mystical way of of seeing the world that influenced me as a child all of these things. Then I used to do a lot of spoken word. I used to travel and do a lot of spoken word uh, poetry. And and then that kind of filtered through into my teaching. So I just feel like it was a culmination of the The artistic side of me, I also went to art school and have a BFA in photography and mixed media arts. So just like all of that stuff wanted to come together and be expressed between the personal healing and spiritual work, the professional teaching and working with clients, the side of me that's an artist and wants to be just explosive and freely expressed, and then pulling that together to create the deck. And I was sitting in a moon circle for a couple of years with a group of ladies in New York, and it was a very tight group. And I think through that work, the moon deck sort of theme started to evolve of wanting to work with the cycles of the moon. And the moon deck's not literal. It's not so much explaining what to do every cycle of the moon. There's a bit of that in there, but it's more looking at the the nature of cycles that we all have, that we are a part of the earth. We are a part of nature, wherever you happen to live, whether it's the city or the forest, we're still a part of nature and we're never going to get away from that. And we're cyclical in nature, especially women, all men and women equally, but women are very, I mean, we have so many cycles in just a single month, let alone the cycles of womanhood. And so I wanted to have something that reflected those cycles and gave us permission to soften in whatever cycle we happen to be in, whether we're the dark moon or the waxing moon, and we're growing towards the full, or we're the full moon and we're glowing at our best, or we're the waning moon and we're starting to Get more insular again. And I think when we look at the sky, we're like, wow, she's so pretty in all her glory. And when we're experiencing a cycle that isn't our favorite, we're not so, you know, forgiving or generous. And I believe that there's a really amazing, potent, inherent intuition and wisdom that's available to us in all of those cycles. And, you know, as women in the world, we have to really unpack and unlearn a lot of. BS that we've been force fed about who we are, about aging, about what beauty is, about what's feminine. You know, we have this like one concept of feminine, which is like this flowing goddess with long hair, which is beautiful. I love her too. But there's also Kali. (laughs) Totally. And she's very feminine too. You know, we're we're the water, I always say like the elements have the two sides. Water can hydrate us and cleanse us and purify, and it can also become a tidal wave. And the feminine has all these sides to her.
0: That is so interesting. I'm going to make a very honest confession here. I've always looked on Instagram to goddess-like women who would wear bohemian gowns with long hair and all this jewelry. And I would think one day I will have a style like that. I will own dresses like that. And I will be in California walking in the <laughs> sands and just casually a photographer will snap the most perfect shot of me. And all these bohemian photos is how people will know me. And it's so interesting. You know, I've tried buying those dresses I've tried wearing more jewelry and going for that superficial version of what bohemian means to me. And it's just not me. And you Mm. saying that there's also Kali just gave me this big liberation of, oh, my gosh, this is who I am. And I don't need to try to be anyone else I'm not because I'm exactly who I am. And that's how it works out for me.
1: Totally. And I do love those flowy dresses. And you'll catch me floating around sand dunes. And I'm a total urban girl and have and have an edge to me. And sometimes I'm like, ah, was I too honest? Like I'm still people who are close to me, like really know my sense of humor. And I'm, I'm working on getting a little more brave with sharing it because it is like coming from a weird place. sometimes. (laughs) But yeah, very welcome
0: on this podcast.
1: Oh, good. Thanks. Yeah, it it is like a thing to navigate because we see that and I'm kind of like, Am I, you know, when I'm having like maybe an off day or a day of a little more navigating textures of who I am or whatever, I, cause I do feel super feminine. I feel like so feminine in so many ways. And yet when I see some of the things you're talking about, and I have friends who are like that and it's super legit and genuine and like the whole range is beautiful. And I also see some of them online and I'm like, are they really like, do they have it all together? They're just like fucking like floating all the time and these like dresses and there's like floating and they're so serene and like everything like has this tone. And I'm like, what am I <laughs> like when I'm having those days, like similar to what you just explained, I'm kind of like, are they really like that? And like, am I not, am I missing something? Am I not doing something? Cause I feel like I'm doing a lot for myself and, and, and you if, know, like you said, yeah, just this- like
0: accepting who we are. <laughs> totally. And especially yesterday I found this new account on Instagram where It's a woman, that's exactly what we're talking about, and she has like three babies. So she looks like that, and she has three babies. That I just don't know how to fathom because I have no children, and I feel like some days I don't have time to wash my hair. I know it's all a choice (laughs) and a matter of priorities, but bravo to all of you moms out there who pull it together and look like the best version of yourselves and honor your femininity, whatever that means. But also, you know, like you said, accepting ourselves for who we are and and honoring the choices that we make. You know, if I made the choice to put one hour in the morning to cleaning up my apartment or answering a couple of extra emails instead of choosing my outfit or doing my hair, well, that's what I did. And I'm going to choose that choice and be with it. Totally. Yeah. And I, I think that's the truth for most
1: of us, you know, and I, I do appreciate that honesty from people when they do share all of their sides. And even that sometimes though, it's like the whole thing on social media now is just like, be as transparent as possible and authentic. And that was like a cool wave to ride. And then, and then it's like, wait, whoa. Now it's like, it's just like, it's always changing. And I, you know, I even sometimes I'm like, why am I using that as the platform of like, how honest am I being, how is this being received as though like that platform is the answer to that or the the research. I mean, it is the research area for that kind of thing, I suppose, in some ways, Instagram. But yeah, it's, I, I definitely I definitely have two sides for myself or to, of myself around that of like, how much do I share? I want to be really ath- authentic. I want to be really approachable. I want to share my story with like, how much do I keep private or just days? I don't, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm super consistent like that. You know, there's days where I want to be so expressed and share so much. And there's days where I like kind of just need to like be invisible and and not share. And I think both are fine. And I I think just, just like the moon, she has all these phases, all these sides. I think women, all women are the same and, and, you know, we're all different, obviously, but we all share a similarity in the sense that we have various sides. We're multifaceted. There's different aspects of
0: us that different people or communities get the opportunity to see. Yeah. You know, this has been a big topic that's coming up in terms of consistency and branding and how to really put your work out there when you have a brand rooted in spirituality and consciousness. And we talked about this a lot with Ruby Warrington, founder of the Numinous, I believe it's episode three. I'm going to link to it as well. And she posted this quote on her Instagram the other day from the podcast conversation where she said that inconsistency is part of my brand. You know, what she does, she deletes Instagram for the whole weekend, every single weekend. And she doesn't post a thing and she doesn't care about the algorithms being the best on Sunday or Saturday or Friday night, whatever that is. And the response to that quote was insane. There were hmm. hundreds of people that commented, came to my accounts and said, oh my gosh, thank you for giving us this freedom to share when we want to share instead of when our marketing experts are, are telling us to share. And I think there's so much wisdom in that. And I think to me, I see social media as a tool to convey things that are actually happening in physical form. And if we try to fake or force anything, that's not actually happening IRL, then people are going to pick up on it on digital and energetic level on the other side of their screen. So I honor your commitment to the fact that some days you feel like it and some days you don't, and I think that is the most powerful strategy that we can have to be real and honest like that. Hmm.
1: Yeah, it's, I'm speaking more about my personal page, but even the moon deck page, it's like that. That one is um kind of going back to your business comment earlier is like that one feels like maybe more consistency is necessary because it's a product and, and it's, it hasn't been consistent lately actually, cause I've just needed a little bit of a break and I've gone on there every couple of days or whatever, and that's fine. But I think that having the moon deck through all the changes and transformations I've gone through in the last couple of years. And I said, it was sort of my lifeline because it's not me. I I've been, I've worked for myself my whole life. I don't, I didn't leave a corporate job to come into this. Like, I just, I don't know anything different. It went from photographer to holistic health counselor to yoga teacher to, you know, emotional health guide, moon deck, business owner, author, speakers, you know? So it just keeps morphing. And I think that's the gift of the work we do that no matter what part of our life we're in, that that gets to be, inspiration for what we share. It's a huge gift. It's kind of a curse and a gift. (laughs) I think. But just because it's like on the tough days, I still have to show up, especially as a teacher with a regular weekly schedule. Mm. And it takes me out of myself. It helps me not shine the flashlight on myself, which can happen a lot. And I just have to remember to flip it. And with the deck, because it's this like inanimate object, I'm so used to promoting. I'm self-promoting my, you know, things all the time. And this has been, I think, really freeing in the sense that it's not my face or my service or my name that I'm pushing necessarily. And I still want to push that because I want the opportunities and the connections and all the great things that come from people having a face-to-face with me when it comes to clients or a speaking gig or just I love working with written word and, and imagery. So that's fun. And then the deck page and the business is this object that's helping people that I channeled. and you know, that deck was definitely from my experiences as a student over the years, hundred percent as a teacher. And it also felt channeled in a lot of ways. I had a lot of interesting voices talking through me as I was writing it. And then of course there's a team behind it. So even though this was culmination of a life of experience and some channeling to bring the deck into the world, and I see the positive effects it's having on people, the testimonials is what moves and motivates us every day. They're amazing it's still at the end of the day, not my face, you know, and so that's been liberating to have something like that, that has grown legs, there's been a lot of successful projects I've been involved in or have produced in the past, but they sort of were successful in their own bubble. And and then it got exhausting, because it wasn't like really growing legs, even though it sort of had its time, whereas the moon deck grew legs and has been moving forward amidst all the stuff that we've been going through with Andy and myself, it's still growing, it keeps growing. And so it does feel like a real opportunity and a momentum that we want to ride right now. And I think showing up on that page on a more regular basis is kind of an out on those days where I don't feel like showing up on my personal page. And it's been, yeah, it's been healing to kind of work through the voice of the moon deck and not have it be about me sometimes and have it be about this product that's like just easier for people to click on and go check out and maybe mm. purchase versus investing in a private session with me or having this like... It, that type of interaction all the time. It was a good, I'm not going to say break from that because the other work didn't stop, but in some ways a break from that and another another place to experiment with sharing something meaningful and sharing a tool that can change lives. And, and this deck is full of rituals and practices. It's what sets this deck apart. It's There's an accountability piece. There's a ritual for every card. I feel like there's a really grounded, accessible voice to healing and emotional health in the deck because I needed that. I needed that. That tangible support. I didn't want my healing and the things that I went through growing up and into my later years to be something that felt like untangible, that it was, you know, I I think it's, I come from a long yoga lineage. And so there is that student to teacher relationship that I think unfortunately is getting lost a little bit in the current, you know, climate of yoga. It's a whole, probably another podcast, but. So I do come from that lineage and really value what it, I mean, back in the day, you had to earn your right even to be a sub, you know, that, that doesn't exist Mm. anymore. (laughs) But so in honoring that lineage and honoring that student to teacher relationship at the same time, I think in today's day and age with the work we're seeing in the world in our fields, that, that guru disciple relationship has shifted for better or for worse. I don't, I think there's good things to that because we don't want the teachings to feel like it's like God to teacher to me. I want to feel like I can be on the same level and I can receive that God wisdom or that spirit wisdom just as much as the teacher who's sharing it with me. So I think, in that sense, it's good that the platform is changing and it's not like this delivery into someone to me necessarily where I can't have it myself. But then on the flip side, there is something to be said about that devotion and respect and reverence that we have with the teachings and with our teachers, and that it isn't just something we make up as we go, that there is. A deep seed and all of this stuff that predates any of us. So it's it's a bit of a balance, I think, of both of of riding the waves of contemporary times and spirituality and emotional health and all these things that we're talking about, coupled with an awareness and a reverence for where it's all come from. And I can do better on that too. There's more research I need to do, and you know I haven't been like a full blown student in a long time. Like it, you know, I'm craving that as well. So yeah.
0: You have such a beautiful way with words, and I had no idea that you've done spoken word and just, you know, writing down quotes mentally in my head as you're speaking. I can see oh. how, why, and how the Moon Deck came through you. And I want to jump back to the business side of things. So, you come from a, you know, lineage and background of being a creative person, being a yoga teacher, doing a lot of healing. How did you take this beautiful creative project of the Moon Deck? and actually make a business out of it and scale it. What were some of the actions you took or maybe people you hired? How did you make it into a legit successful business?
1: Yeah, I think part of it goes back to it growing legs with a lot of hard work, of course. But it was kind of like, oh, there's something happening here. I don't feel like I'm doing it all myself. And people were getting involved. So for one, I'll give my dad a shout out. He's hardcore business guy. It's a little intense, but it's amazing. And he's a business consultant. Amazing. He, yeah, so he's given me so much advice. His uh, he's very opinionated. He he basically you know when businesses are falling apart, he goes in and fixes it. So I think growing up with that and my father primarily raised me. So I think growing up with that gave me a business sense that was unique to me as a yoga teacher and, and being in like that field that not everyone might have had at the time. On one hand, and on the other hand, I've learned, I've needed to learn, and I'm still learning how to bring the feminine into that because being super linear in that way can create a lot of anxiety for me. And I'm like, okay, there's that business 101 piece that's really important. Thankfully, I have that and I have my dad and he's so inspiring in that way. And then there's this other piece that I've really been working on and still have a ways to go with the Moon Deck in particular, just like, okay, how do I soften into running a business and bring that feminine, more receptive, more intuitive, more flow energy into this and couple that with the business 101? We're in this world and this is how it functions currently. So that's been like definitely something I'm always working on. And in the very beginning, what really launched us is that we started a crowdfunding campaign. An Indiegogo campaign and our girl Ashley Bruni, who so it's me, Andrea Kay, and Ashley Bruni. She, Ashley's not as involved now, but in the very, very beginning, she was heavily involved, and she was like the branding marketing person. She does branding marketing. Uh, she's the branding marketing director, rather for for the new school in New York, and she's an old friend of mine. And like the wood box was really her vision, the font, like things like that were really her push to help us package it. And it was a collaborative effort, of course, in the design and the decisions and the, the powwowing around it, but that was a big part of her so having her there and then Andy's definitely the more ethereal and such, she's such an angel and her and I work so well together because it's like yin and yang she's the you know illustrator she has an amazing taste for the palette and the color and the creation and then her, her and my vision go together so well and and then I bring the words and I bring kind of the like straightforwardness in the business and I'm definitely the face out there like making the connections and and showing up in a personal way And so I just think that alchemy was really helpful. And when we ran our Indiegogo campaign, we raised $50,000 purely from pre sales And that is what put us into business. And people ask me sometimes about running a campaign like that. And I'm like, sure, but just make sure you're running it like a business. It's not build it and they will come. There's a Mm, bit of that, sure. But like, you know, it was really important to us when we built that campaign out. We were basically done with a, a few tweaks, except printing, so when we got that money, we were ready to get those decks to people within four months. I didn't want it to be like a year later or two years later, or like any, how those, I'm like, when did I donate to a CD? Like, I mean, there's probably a few I've donated to that I never saw and I didn't want that to happen. So we ran the campaign like a business. Every time someone purchased, they got personal letters. They received screensavers with Andy's art. They got a gift. We just, we, we stayed in such a deep relationship with our supporters And ran it like a business that I think it really helped us. And I brought up Ashley because she really had a hand in like building the skeleton out for that. And then we got our Instagram going right away, and just things started to snowball. And people were so supportive of us. So I think it was our immediate community and our sort of alchemy of our various communities and our communities where they cross over, who love us and want to support us, and we're excited for us. And then as they saw it really happen. And it wasn't just a conversation. I think people got more excited. And then getting those decks to people right away. And then that money allowed us to print several thousand decks, which meant we could actually start a little business. And that's where we've gone been going since. And yeah, it's been a huge learning. I'm just learning every single day. and. I don't, I hope that answers your question. I, I think it just was running that as a business and then continuing whatever we, the trend we had that with that campaign, continuing that into the business definitely. and making, yeah, making big decisions. Like I was down to like package and post all of our pre-orders and I was like, let's just do it. We have to do everything ourselves. I'm definitely like, <laughs> you know, I'm learning the whole like work smarter, not harder thing. I, I can come from the other end of like, work harder. Just keep working harder. So Andy was like, she has two kids. She's like, no way. I am not sitting in an office posting a thousand decks. Like, I was like, we have to do it ourselves. We have to learn from scratch. Anyways, in the end, she convinced me not to do that. And I'm very happy (laughs) that I opted for that. And and we started with a fulfillment center who we've been with ever since.
0: So collaboration seems like it was a huge, huge part of the success. And I really admire collaboration. It's still something that I'm Wanting to invite into my life and softening into that. But I'm curious, do you have any advice or lessons you've learned to anyone starting a business, either with friends or business partners, on how to split those different tasks and how to split the business and how to find balanced and harmonious relationship and all of that?
1: Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it's not always going to be harmonious. You know, there were some struggles sometimes with stuff. And that said, I, my, my advice would be to be ready to like roll with the punches and to have really open and honest and compassionate communication. When something feels off, trust that, have a conversation, you know, I think with any relationship that applies and, and start a timeline. Like if you're really serious about launching a product or a project that's meaningful to you to sit and like set aside time for brainstorming, put it in the calendar. And it's okay if it changes. We had, we, Andy and I changed, it was just her and I in the first year before we invited Ashley in and we were really rushing our deadline and we just realized we couldn't like it just, that's not how it wanted to be born. So I think having those deadlines mixed with some flexibility and adaptability is super important when running a business and launching a product or a project And once we softened into the deadline and stretched it out a little bit, the art started to change. Everything started to change and needed needed to breathe. So being like, I guess, sensitive to those inner cues of what your thing is trying to communicate with you while also showing up, you know, and setting up meetings, talking to people who inspire you, hiring a coach if that's what it takes, you know, and I've invested so much in myself. And, you know, I think people are afraid when they have to spend money on investing on themselves. And I see it sometimes when people want to work with me. And as soon as that piece comes in, they're like, oh, I don't know. And it's just we have to invest in ourselves. It's so beautiful to invest in someone's service that you believe in and then receive the education of that. It's the accountability piece is so big and the learning piece from someone who's a few steps ahead of us. So whether you're hiring a coach or just sitting down with a few friends who inspire you, or, you know, people in the business who inspire you, usually people will be okay having a a chat with you, having a tea, I think is really reaching out for that support and that perspective from people who you look up to, whether that's as a coach or a mentor or a friend. And then getting clear on the collaboration piece of, of, you know, I was clear that I needed an illustrator. I'm not an illustrator. And I wanted to collaborate with someone because I knew where my shortcomings were. and I wanted someone to, to like balance that out. And that's, I think what drew me to Andy at the time. I was also adored her and, and wanted to you know, like kind of rekindle our friendship, but she's an amazing illustrator and she has a, a softness to her that I knew would be a really good blend with me. Cause I'm more fiery. So that was definitely really helpful. Um, so I think it's that collaboration piece, trusting your instincts and, maybe listeners feel this way, maybe you feel this way. When I write something down, it might not happen for a few years, but I still get it down when I get like a really strong hit for an idea or a vision. And there's certain ones that carry a certain sparkle to them that I know it's going to happen, even though I might not know when. And so I really recommend, I'm a huge person, like journaler. I just think write down your ideas, write down your thoughts. If if someone feels like they really need to get into some structure, then just do a new 10-minute, 20-minute-a-day journaling practice and see what comes out, you know, to capture some of those insights. That would be the first step. And then setting up meetings with people, mentors, friends who, you know, can give you advice, and then reaching out to people you want to collaborate with. And if they're not available, not take it like a hit, not take it personally. You just never know when that person will show up again down the road. You're on each other's radar now. So then ask the next person and to be okay with that and to really trust, you know, to talk more esoterically, to trust the universe trust is such a huge piece when it comes to the right collaboration, the right alchemy happening. If someone says no, you know, yeah, that's pretty much. And then I guess just rolling with the punches. Like I said, I'm, I'm learning all the time. Like I, I had no idea what it was like to work with a warehouse. I had no idea what it was like to work with international manufacturers. I had no idea what it was like to like lead a team. I was me, myself, and I, my brand was me for so many years. So it's been a lot of learning and I think just being okay with that as well. Yeah, that it's not going to be perfect, that everyone's learning and no one has all the answers.
0: Yes. First of all, I love your process of writing down those sparks and creative ideas. I actually for myself I want to start a separate journal for those because now they're just I feel like lost in the tons of journals that I have. And from my experience, what makes it even more powerful is if we share it in a safe and supportive community. So I invite all of you listeners who listened all the way to this point, go to the Woken and Wired group on Facebook, become a member and share it on there. And we're all going to share space for each other to manifest those things.
1: Yeah, I love that. It's so important. I think running a business and like doing all this work can be lonely if we don't like reach out and like have those little groups of people that we can reflect on and support. It's so huge. Support is so important.
0: Okay, so the last two topics I want to get into before we wrap up. One is you mentioned leadership and how you didn't know how to do it and now you're managing a team. Is there a lesson, if you could choose one lesson from being a leader and leading a team that you've learned, what would it be?
1: It would be to honor everyone's skill set and and talent, to like really know what everyone's good at and be able to delegate. Delegate is so huge. Sounds easy, so I'd say, But it's not. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not, especially if you're used to doing it yourself. And 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 leadership is, you know, as a teacher, I was in that leadership role per se, or with clients or just like, you know, a guy like guiding, I would say more so yeah. So I think leading a team is just letting people do what they're good at, having open and honest communication when things feel off. I think that's like the feminine piece of running a business that I'm really appreciating is that like I will sit someone down like, hey, like you know, things have been feeling tense in the last couple conversations, like let's, is everything okay? I think that's like where I'm trying to learn to combine the masculine with the feminine ways of running a business is to have that drop in with people. My dream would be to like, when we get to a point of success to have, you know, a team retreat once or twice a year, that is like three days of a really deep dive into a huge agenda, like our think tank time and like holistic services happening for us. <laughs> like we all get a break and we get to like do a deep dive into, into like projections for the year ahead or something. So I think like showing your people they're, they're appreciated, honoring their talents and skill sets and having periodic drop-ins so that everyone's cool and people feel like they're, they can be expressed and heard and honest.
0: Yes, 100%. And one of podcast guests, Ashley Levy, founder of Love and Light School of Crystal's, She actually was sharing in her interview for the podcast that she's taking her team on their first retreat. And I think it's happening in Australia. And it's all the things you talked about. So it's in the field. It's happening. It's possible. It's there. I love it. Yeah, totally. One last thing, which was one of the highlights of my meeting with you, Arana, in person was the topic of money. And I know that that's something you've been working with Personally, in your business. And uh, I'm curious to see how that's been evolving and how your relationship with money has been growing, expanding, and how that has been affecting your business.
1: What I can say is that I want to learn how to trust money more, trust the inflow and outflow of it. Like, be okay that you spend money and then it comes back in, and to know that there's enough, to know that. I can charge what I'm worth and charge what things are worth and not be hyper cautious all the time. And at the same time, you know, checking my account and being smart and <laughs> like looking at the numbers. I'm so not a numbers person. Mm-hmm. I've always been that way. I had a math tutor my whole life. He sort of just skipped mm-hmm. over things. He's like, oh, okay, let's just skip it. I've been a writer. I'm an artist. I, I'm definitely more of a feeler. So it's it's a it's a bit of a learning curve to me to drop in with money, to drop in with numbers and have the patience to focus on it and to rewire my brain a little bit and to have a nice, healthy relationship with it where I am confident around it and comfortable around it and, you know, not afraid of it, Whether whatever that means, whether that's not afraid of having enough or afraid of the responsibility of owning more and all the things that that might come up. You know, I don't need to be a bazillionaire. I just want to know that I can invest in myself when I want and I can be comfortable and I can be of service and that I can show the world and show myself and show the deck and whatever new products come out of that, that this is something that can fully exist in today's day and age, make money doing it, be a conscious business, still care for people and still take care of ourselves. I believe that is so. And I think Uh we're seeing more and more examples out there of that. Really, with all the changes I've gone through in the last couple of years that I spoke of, I'm more ready than ever to change that dynamic and to like believe that I can take care of myself and that someone doesn't have to take care of me. And I think that's an old belief system that I'm kind of untangling myself from. I don't mean I can do this on my own, but (laughs) I just mean I can, (laughs) I just mean I can take care of myself. I don't have to have my husband do it, or I don't have to have someone else do it, or I don't have to, you know, like that I can do this myself, and I can be in the right partnership, and I can create conscious products and services and make great money doing it. And that money is a currency, it's an energy. And I want to change that relationship to it so that the the way it's magnetized in my life is totally in alignment with the beautiful changes I want to see on the planet.
0: Yes, yes, all of that. I'm enjoying this conversation so much. There's so many more things I'd like to talk to you about. But we're going to wrap up for now, and my last question for you is: What is making you feel woke right now?
1: I think what's making so many things are making me feel woke right now. I think one big thing that I touched on in this call is just like really seeing my ability to shape the energy inside of me, and the like. I feel like I'm just ha- you know, it's like sometimes we know things conceptually, but then we have these like epiphanies where it becomes mm. visceral, becomes real. Mm-hmm. And so I've been having these very intense not so easy to look at <laughs> epiphanies and reflections about how i navigate things how i navigate relationships how i navigate self reflection how i na- whatever it is and so as i'm seeing that it's giving me the power and the ability and the know-how to pause and be like oh okay i receive that and now i want to shape it and bring that presence into my interactions I'm, i mean even many times on this call just slowing down, dropping, and coming back to presence. I'm excited by what I can maybe do with that new level of presence and awareness and being able to shape energy within me and how that ripples out into the world. And I think more than ever with, you know, I'm also woke by all the crazy events happening on the planet right now and staying informed and just feeling what that brings up for me. But this like shaping of presence piece I think is important even in, in the face of what we're seeing on the planet right now. And hopefully being one more human being that can stay calm and present in the eye of the storm, or at least be willing to reach out for help and support when we're not feeling that, so that that guidance can help us get back to center.
0: Yes. I'm riding all the waves with you. And as you're sharing, I'm sensing everything you're sensing. and just so grateful for your deep presence, the gift of your of your healing and the gift of the deck that I love working with. And I wonder what the best way for all the listeners is to connect with you.
1: The best way to connect is definitely Instagram. So you can follow my personal page, arana.lea, a a r o n a.l i I'm sure you'll link it. Or And the two pages are very different vibes. So if you want more personal, say hi over there. I'm happy to answer messages. I love contact with people. And then the Deck page is the underscore Deck, So you can follow us over there. And then our website's www.themoondeck.com. And over there, you can purchase products, of course, but also get on our newsletter. And that goes out every new moon and full moon. And we give you a little download on the moon. We give you a ritual specific to that moon's energy. And then we also announce specials and things like that. So the newsletter over on the Deck page is a great way to stay in touch and be in the know. Instagram is great um, we just got on Amazon which is super exciting so that's a way to find the moon deck as well and I'm in LA I teach in LA if you ever want to come to a class at Wanderlust and I come to New York a lot for workshops so those are the
0: best ways to stay in touch right now and if you guys enjoy this podcast screenshot the iTunes or where are listening to it and tag both of us and tell us what you were taking away from it we'd love to hear from you Thank you for listening. And thank you so much, Irana, for dropping all this love and wisdom and channeled intuitive messages.
1: Yeah. And I just want to add one more thing if people are interested that, that I do offer one-on-one oracle readings with the deck. So if, if people feel like they were touched by the things shared and they want that level of honesty and, and reflection, that that's something that the reading can offer them. And then it actually they walk away with rituals that we Curate together so that they can have a month of like still working with whatever that reading brings up for them. So, I just want to put that out there. It's rare that you get that from the creator of a deck, and it's something I'm really passionate about right now. Don't miss out on that. Do that. Yeah, maybe I can give you one,
0: (laughs) gift you one. I would love to gift you one. Oh my gosh, I would love that. And if you guys want (laughs) to get just a little glimpse into how it goes, there's a short video on the Breakfast Criminals IGTV where Arana is sitting in my bedroom and giving a little moon deck explanation. So go check that out and we will see you in the next episode. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends, leave a review and find all the show notes on wokeandwired.com and connect with me on Instagram at wokeandwired. Stay woke, stay wired and have an incredible day.